10 to 1, episode 142. Top 10 Dr. Seuss books. Welcome to 10 to 1, the podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Melissa Kozer. And I was supposed to say the intro. I know, but you didn't. And so I thought, I must be the one to say the intro. No. Never mind that we went over all this I'm the one to just say the before intro. the beginning. Uh, we're 142 episodes in, and I still have to ask you pretty much every episode, what does it mean uh, for me to be the primary uh, leader of this episode? And next time you're the primary leader. Anyway. Yeah, we take turns. Whoever picked the topic or whoever's leading the topic lets the other person do the intro mm -hmm. and the feedback and the outro. But you said nothing. And so it's a different I got cadence. Nervous. It's a different cadence because it's a different music. Yeah, the music. How <laughs> about that music? Isn't that great stuff? Thanks so much to Luke Kozer, Brian's brother. He's a genius. And he redid our theme song for us. Yep, it does sound really good. Just because he wanted to. We didn't ask him to. And he was like, hey, I was playing around, and what do you think of this? And we are like, that's amazing. Well, so. he said he was talking about redoing the Christmas theme, and I said, why don't you just redo it all and make completely new clips for us? And he said, okay. Ah. And it sounds great. And hopefully it came through... Well, on the recording, I might have a little bit of tweaking to do to get the, the volume correct so that the listeners can hear it, but it sounds great to us. Yes, Why don't you start you talking Luke. about Dr. Like Seuss? It. Yeah, Thanks, so Luke. Dr. Seuss uh, is this, this man that has been canceled recently, uh, and we're a little bit late with this episode. Uh, we were going to be ahead of the curve, ahead of the woke crowd and podcast this back in uh, no November of 2020. But I'm a stick in the mud who is very lazy, and I kept on taking forever to read all the books. We had a goal to read all of the Dr. Seuss books and rank them. It was a fun project. And then I just uh, kept on forgetting or putting it off or whatever. And... Came down, I had two books left, and I never got around to reading them till yesterday, because Brian said, we are podcasting yesterday, and then we didn't podcast yesterday, uh, but I still got the books read, because that's how much I love my man. Four months, <laughs> six huh. months late. <laughs> I don't know if you want that to be a measure of your love. I will disagree with you a little bit on the, on the canceling. He wasn't canceled. You can still buy almost all of his books. There's six books that... But the fact that six of his books have been canceled, people are like, cancel everything that he wrote. That man was a uh, a bigot and uh, I don't know, whatever else they're calling him. So anyway. People. He seemed like nope, a very no nice man to I've, me. No people I've heard have said writing. that. Of course, I'm not on Facebook or Twitter yeah. or any social media. So yeah. that might be why I haven't heard anyone saying that. And also it wasn't... Uh, just people getting angry on Twitter, like usually happens when uh, something like this happens. It was the company that printed them, and they yeah. 
they did it based on some study, which uh, we discussed this a little bit with the sci-fi Christians, but uh, so I need to really go into it, but I don't think it was reactionary like a lot of the other ones. I think a couple of them are probably, I understand them not wanting to print it anymore in the same way that uh, I think like the Cleveland Indians changed their mascot. Um, Washington Redskins uh, changed their mascot. Um, and I think that was fine. But uh, uh, the other four books, I think, were maybe a little bit of uh, of a reach. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if any of those books, the, uh, the, the six by Seuss, the six... The six, uh, I have to come up with a name for it, <laughs> but, uh, the Seussian six, the sinful, Seuss's sinful six. I like it. If any of Seuss's sinful six made your list. I made my list months ago. I think you also made yours yeah. before this came out, so that didn't affect my list. Yeah. Um. Same here. But, uh, we'll see if it comes up. Hey, by the way, if any of those books do show up on our list, uh... We're not racists. Just well, don't think less of us. We like a good rhyme. That's all that it means. Well, well, well. Can't you find a good rhyme? A non-racist rhyme? Didn't think so. So there are, let's see, I have 88 on my list of books that he wrote. That's mostly complete. Um, there are some books that were published posthumously. There's some books that were written... Uh, for adults instead of children, uh, there's there's some strange ones in there. Um, so it's probably closer to like, you know, 75 books for children, something around there. We read almost all of them. There's a few out of print. Uh, let's see. The Pocket Book of Boners is a collection of anecdotes out of print. Didn't read that one. The Seven Lady Godivas was before, again, before he was writing for children. That one's out of print. Didn't read that. And we skipped the Cat in the Hat Beginner Book Dictionary. I think we're good with which that I think reading I, the dictionary. Which I think I actually did read when I was a child. Just shows you what kind of a child I was. The Cat in the Hat Songbook. We, we skipped My Book About Me. I Can Draw It Myself. I Can Write a Book about a book By Me Myself. These are more like workbooks. Right. Like school yeah. books kind of thing. Um, I think that's it for ones we skipped. Uh, oh. Horse Museum. Did you hear about Horse Museum? Mm -mm. This one was just published like the end of last year or this year or something. Okay. And it's more unfinished uh, uh, art that he had. And they kind of cobbled it into a book and put his name on it. I think we got it from the library or maybe I just saw a preview online of it. Also looked like a skip. I don't remember if I read it. If I did read it, then it was definitely a skip. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so we read, but we read through the corpus. And um, anything else you want to talk about on, on how you rank them or anything like that? Or we can get right to the right to the lists. Mine number 10 is, and I've got a spreadsheet. Um, so I, I just had to reorder the spreadsheet to give, give the ranking. Uh, my number 10, I think it's the only book on this list. That hey, by the way, how do you redo the spreadsheet so that I can put all of mine according to ranking in order? 
Uh, so if you go up above the one that says ranking where it says, uh -huh. you might say a letter. C, yeah. Okay, C. Click on the arrow. You hover, hover over, or tap. Okay. And it should have a, a sort sheet, A to Z, and you can sort by that column. Uh-huh. And that's number 10 on my list of top 10 Google Sheets tricks. Uh, so what's your number 10? All right. Uh, that's my number 10. I think it's the only book on this list that is not illustrated by Dr. Seuss. Let me just double check. Yes. So he illustrated most of his books. I think there's about 10 that he wrote and let someone else illustrate. Uh, traditionally, those were published with different pseudonyms. So uh, do you know what his, do you know what the man's actual name is? Theo Lessig. Uh, his uh, real no, name. Giesel. Giesel. I think it's Geisel. Geisel. Theodore. Theodore. Middle name. Well, it's spelled S-E-U-S-S. -S, but guess okay. what? Not pronounced Seuss. Pronounced Seuss. Theodore ah. Seuss Geisel. And uh, yeah, so Dr. Seuss. You could be really pedantic and say. I love it. However, I think um, it rhymes with Mother Goose, so Dr. Seuss, he eventually just went with that. I think people mispronounced it also a lot, so he eventually did go with Dr. Seuss, so that is the correct pronunciation of the pseudonym, but his name, Theodore Seuss Geisel, uh, he used Dr. Seuss as his uh, pseudonym for uh, writing these children's books, and then... Um, yeah, Theo Lasig, which is Lasig. Lasig mm. is Geisel backwards. Yep. That's his books where he wrote them, did not illustrate them. Ah. And um, I think there's a couple others. He uh, Let's see. He wrote one, and his pseudonym was Rosetta Stone. Um, I think that's it. Man. I think those are his three. Those are good pseudonyms. Pretty good, pretty good. So anyway, uh, definitely a range um there's a best and a worst illustrator easily, I think, uh, that he got to work with him. But one book, my favorite of his, that he did not illustrate, and uh, maybe the best or second best illustrator that he worked with. All that to say, number 10 is Great Day for Up. That's my number 11. Woohoo! What a great one. Um, so uh, this one is illustrated by, oh, I didn't write it down. I thought I could do it off the top of my head. It's the guy that illustrated for Roald Dahl um, halfway through his career and then did the rest of his books. Quentin Blake. That's right. Quentin Blake. He did, uh, if you've read Matilda or James and the Giant Peach mm -hmm. or Willy Wonka or uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, if you've read any of those, probably seen Quentin Blake's yes. illustrations. Very unique. Very, uh, very recognizable. Pointed almost. Like Everybody I never noticed has, as uh, a kid. Yeah. But when I was reading, I was like, wait a second. Uh, we had probably just read a mm -hmm. few Royal Doll books. Oh, this is obviously the same guy. Uh, yeah, weird illustrations. Like, I don't, not the best technically, it seems like. Almost like scribbles is how I would say them. Well, what were you going to say? I don't know. They've got their own charm. They do. They do. It's grown on me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the the story or the it's not really a story but just uh him saying it's time for everyone to get up time for everybody to wake up 
and uh, gets to this crescendo. Oh, I know. You start of, very up. small of like right. wake up worms and wake up little bugs right. and stuff. The rabbit's ears wake up mm-hmm. one, one at, at a time. time. Until it's at the end, and he's everybody's up on hot air balloons on top of buildings, till all the world is up, or uh, yeah, something something like like that. that. And then the very last page is the the narrator of the story, and it's a child in bed, and time good day for for me. Yeah, it's a great day for everybody to be up, except for me. I'm sleeping in today. Yes, yeah, so. So, uh, yeah, it's got wonderful energy, great illustrations, and... Uh, great ending. What a great ending. Yep, and it's me all over. I remember one day, yeah. <laughs> the very first time I read it, you're like, here, Mom, read this to the kids. And I had just woken up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, Mom, read it to us. And so I read it, and I was like, wake up, wake up, everybody get up. And more and more, I'm like, no, it's not a great day for up. And then I got to the ending, and I was like... I feel awake now. What a great story. I knew what I was doing. (laughs) Yep. Read this one as a kid. I guess you have not had not. That -hmm. might be another interesting thing to see how many on our list are ones we had already read. Oh, most of these I had not read as a kid. Okay. And a few of them, I read very few few, uh, Dr. Seuss books Mm. growing up. Maybe, Maybe the cat in the hat. That that might be about it, actually. I think it looks like Fox five. Fox and socks, maybe. Five of my top ten I read as a child. Five had not. So very interesting. That's my number ten. Great day for up, and it's a great day for yeah. your number ten, Melissa. Great one. What is your number uh, ten? So most of mine are going to be books that I have read and read and reread to the kids. Yeah. And like most of these, um. Uh, Okay, let me just say, all of my uh, number 10s are five stars, and uh, they have stood the test of time of rereading. Like, there's some that I read at first, and I was like, oh, this is a fun book. And then when you've got to read it over and over to your children, it's like, uh, you know, some of them, they just get better each time you read them. And others, it's like, "Mm mm-mm. Did we talk about this on the children's book calling episode that rereadability so. is one of the yeah. huge factors oh, for absolutely children's books yeah and some of the some of these dr seuss books every every parent should have on their children's bookshelf okay and others uh they should not ever bother to get but yes. all of mine on my my top 10 you should get and also great day for my number 11 my number 10 the butter battle book Okay. Uh, I'm really. I was really surprised uh, that this one made it. The first time I read it, it was yeah. really dark. You've got this side, and it's a really silly story with uh, Cold War overtones. Yep. And you find that a lot in Dr. Seuss uh, stories. There's usually uh, some deeper things going on under the surface, uh, and he'll he deals with different issues. Um, but you've got. This side says that you should put butter on one side of the bread, and the other side says you should put butter on the other side of the of the toast, and uh, and they're going back and forth, and they it starts off as one side just uh, throws a rock on on the other side's wall, and then it gets bigger and better, and they're throwing bigger and bigger better rocks, and 
Uh, then they start using guns, and then eventually they create the nuke. And uh-huh. uh, I forget exactly how it ends, but it's something along the lines of, will it, you know, will we... Will we use it or will they use it? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Da, da, da. And it's so dark. Because yeah, he wrote it. Uh, I don't know. Eight. Uh, I don't know when he wrote it. Early 80s, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's Definitely really great War. art. And I really wish that we had it here with us so that I could read some excerpts. But uh, oh. really fun uh, rhymes. And one of the things I liked about Dr. Seuss was he was so good at coming up with... Uh, silly sounding names and uh, imaginary creatures yep. um, to f- to suit his rhymes, but it wasn't. It never felt like it filler or uh, oh, I need something to rhyme with this word that uh, I can't think of anything else to rhyme with it, so I'll make you know create this made up word. No, it was always intentional, and there's a lot of that going on in the Butter Battle book. Uh, and uh, especially like the names for the weapons are so so good. Let's see. Yep. So my notes didn't really care for it the first time due to the startlingly somber ending, but loved it on reread. Uh, makes the kids think. Good social commentary and is terrific. And art is terrific, and so is rhyming. And I can't see all that I wrote uh, uh-huh. for whatever reason. So that's dumb. <laughs> That's a dumb spreadsheet thing. Hmm. Um, quirk. <laughs> so anyway, that's my number ten, the Butter Battle Book of the of the seventy nine that we ranked. Uh, this is my number sixty eight of seventy nine. Aww. Oh, just didn't care. I for guess it. we're not going to keep it then. I mean, you're fine to keep it. Well, we don't, we don't have it right it, now, so. But you're fine yeah. to buy it. No. It's just uh, not one I would enjoy reading again. No. Nuclear War for Children. <laughs> Hooray. Well, I didn't like it the first time I read it, and then it got yeah. better on reread. I've read it a couple times. Yeah. So. Glad okay. you liked it. It's no great day for up. <laughs> <laughs> that one is a lot easier to read. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. For my number nine. It's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. A Christmas classic. No, I hadn't read this one as a child. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, I had read this one and seen the cartoon and seen the Jim Carrey movie. And uh, I mean, the cartoon is uh, the cartoon is really close to the book. And the Jim Carrey movie quotes directly from the book throughout the movie. So this is the closest... I am to having a book memorized, or not a book memorized, but a Dr. Seuss book memorized. And uh, yeah, it's it's really, really well done. Um, the writing of it and the character of the Grinch is, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine that so many of the Christmas uh, kind of traditional things that we do here in the United States were invented I don't know what, 70 years ago now, 80 years ago, Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman and the Grinch and some of these that seem really integrated with the commercial, uh, you know, kind of fun, kidsy part of of the holidays. And, uh, but yeah, but he just created it 
out of uh out of nothing and and now it's uh as big of a um an icon as Ebenezer Scrooge of mm-hmm. someone who hates Christmas right uh, or or even is just grumpy in general mm-hmm. um so uh yeah I, the ending is a little bit abrupt i'd say that knocks yeah. it down slightly for me but uh yeah but everything else you know the art and and the rhyming everything the characters uh top notch so that's my number 9 how the grinch stole christmas yeah good one my number nine is one that has had really surprising longevity for me. It's Mr. Brown Can Move. Can you? Uh. I, the first time I read this, like, for a little bit there, I was just like, oh, this book again? And then the more I read it, the more I just grew to love it. I I, I've, I read it and I... I thought, well, it's fine. And then I started to hate it when my kids brought it to me over and over. And then I did a complete (laughs) 180. And it just is amazing because, and and here's why it did the flip for me is for a while, it's just you doing the sounds to the kids. And then somewhere around the 80th time reading it to you, they start mooing back. That's true. No, <laughs> that is cute. You'll do it, and then all of a sudden the baby will go, mmm, and it's just the cutest thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he can go like a cork, and then they start doing that, and and uh, mm-hmm. he can do like a big cat drinking. And oh man, it's such a great bonding time. And I haven't had this with any other sound out loud book. Um, and then it's fun art and then so many different random sounds that they have you do. Uh, and then you've got stuff like Mr. Brown is smart, smart as they come. He can even do a hippopotamus chewing gum, grum, 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 Mm -hmm. grum, grum, you know, stuff like that, that is so, uh, creative. So, uh, this is a wonderful book to have and read to your kids. Highly recommend it. Mr. Brown Can Moo. Can you? My number nine. Yep. That is also one of my favorites. My probably like 11 through 20 about could be uh, on a on a different day could be my number 10. And uh, that one that one I have is 19, but I like it a lot. That one could have made my top 10. So on to number seven, and it's the first of Seuss's Sinful Six. <laughs> On my list. And another one that we read. Oh, no, wait. Oh, oh, no, no. Not true. We're on number eight, not on number seven. Uh, it's going to have to wait a bit. Oh, no. This is still correct. Seven and eight are both in Seuss's Sinful Six. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure this is one of them. My number eight is Happy Birthday to You. I had not read this one as a child, uh, but uh, it's this birthday bird that comes flying in. Uh, to the children of Katru on their birthday and leads them on a fantastic journey uh, through um, you know, all these uh, Susian landscapes. Um, man, I just I really love his geography, how he just had off the wall kooky uh, art. Um, the the detail that he put into some of the the pictures, but then at the same time you've got the uh, that sort of flat comic book style i i really like and um 
uh, yeah, if we did a, a top 10 uh, illustrators list at some point, um, I think Dr. Seuss would, would be pretty high up on that. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so happy birthday to you is some of his best illustrations. Um, it's got uh, a lot of those Seussian rhymes, I call them, which is where he'll rhyme a word with a word that he made up. Or it that's very close to another word. Yes. Um, yes. So like I'm trying to remember an example. Let's see if I have one written down. Um, I've got some in in my top few books. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll we'll wait till we get up to there. Um, yeah. And uh, maybe I'll look some up also while while you're doing your list. Um, but uh, oh, there's one. I forget what it is. Uh, but he's talking about this. Or maybe it is in the Happy Birthday to You, uh, where uh, something about you you go to listen to this creature or this guy that plays the instrument called the Ogrunth, and he, okay. he's only ever played it once. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good example. Or yeah, yeah, and I can think of some other examples in some books that are coming up, so I won't spoil. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this one is one that is no longer printed, unfortunately. Um, I think, uh, so, uh, in this one, it was, um, I mean, it's a, it's like a, I don't remember for this one, but I think it's a person that's in Middle Eastern, uh, looking clothes. So think of like, uh, Arabian Nights, um, and, um, maybe some facial hair that's like a stereotypical, uh, like a, a kind of a wispy beard, maybe. I don't remember, so I'm just kind of. I've seen some of these that that got them to stop printing some of the books. So I don't think they should have stopped printing this one. Um, I, I don't think it's a racist caricature of a character. It's not uh, presented with negative stereotypes or anything. Um, so I, I'm kind of sad that I, I don't think you can get this one anymore. Um, but if you find it, I guess, at a used bookstore or something, um, or if you come over to our house and want to take a look at it, it's uh, it's pretty wonderful. So, my number eight, happy birthday to you. Well, your number eight, Melissa. Uh, as far as the happy birthday to you, I like it, but I, I just feel it goes on too long. That's fair. I have tried like each time I've read it, I just feel, find it going on and on and on. I'm getting worn out. It is from too long. <laughs> thinking of all this happening on your birthday, uh, so. Well, I'm glad that you agree with me. Uh, so I rated it 3.5 stars, but it is it is a fun book all the same. Uh, but the mustard off pools, and he's got this this illustration where you've got it like is these, a beautiful illustration. It's like 3D, almost like a water park where you've got these like um pat like water rivers. It's all raised up. Uh, so picture like cascading pools, you know, like almost. cascading pools, and they're stacked on top of each other. And it's all done in this sort of watercolor. Mm-hmm. It's it's really evocative. And you got to get the mustard I really off. Go here because yeah. you had a whole <laughs> bunch of hot dogs. That's right. Hot hot dog links that you ate on the previous page. Yes. So anyway, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It is fun. too long. Some some of his are very long, and I I don't usually read read them all in one sitting to the girls, but. Well, one that I originally thought was too long, but it has really grown on me, is my number eight, Scrambled Egg Super. And it turns, it starts out, uh, 
is this it's Peter T. Hooper and he's in his kitchen and he's talking to his big eyed little sister. Uh, I don't like to brag, but I'm telling you, Liz, the speaking of cooks, I'm the best that there is. And then he talks about, yeah, everybody. Uh, I picked up some eggs and I sort of got thinking, it's sort of a shame that scrambled eggs always taste always the same. And, uh, and I figured it's because people use the eggs from a hen. And so I went out and started getting eggs from all these other different kinds of birds. And, uh, he just gets so creative thinking up different types of bird's eggs. And, uh, like, let me read you a few little, uh, excerpts. There's, uh, I go for the eggs that are mellow and sweet. The, the world's sweetest eggs are the eggs of the queet. And those are very sweet because of the, tr- the trout which they eat. And those trout are sweet because they only eat wogs which are the world's sweetest frogs, and on and on. The frogs eat bees, and the bees get drink honey from the nut trees, and <laughs> it's just this one thing after another, and then he talks about the long-legger quong, and you gotta be there to grab her eggs as soon as they they drop out, or, or they'll, uh, unless you can catch them before the eggs crash, you haven't got eggs, you've got long-legger hash. And then he goes to get eggs from grice, which set up on ice. And uh, I mean, there's just so many different creative birds that he comes up with. I love it. And then uh, he tell it ends with he's telling his sister about this fancy scrambled egg mixture that he made up. And uh, he's got them all back in his kitchen. It shows a kitchen just overflowing with eggs everywhere. And then he's he's mixing them all together. And then he's adding in some beans, 55 cans, some ginger, nine prunes, and three figs, and parsley, and so forth. And it, you're just like, oh, man, this is nasty. And then he's like, and how did it taste? It tasted well, and you can just see him like thinking, how do, how do I top everything that I've said to my sister? And I was like, well, it just tasted super, super de duper. And uh, it's just such a fine, tall tale uh, from an older brother to the younger sibling. I really like it. My number eight, scrambled egg super. I have good news. Happy birthday to you is not one of Seuss's sinful six. Ah, I was misremembering. I have bad news for you. Scrambled egg super is. <laughs> so, there's that. Uh, so all the things I said for for uh, happy birthday to you, transfer those to scrambled egg super. Don't think that one should have been canceled, but it does have a person wearing a turban. Yeah. And Or no, a fez. He's wearing a fez. And he's getting him an egg. So I guess he's being subservient. That's the (laughs) reasoning for this one. Yeah, yeah. I think that one might be a little too far. All right. Uh, So on to my number. I got to get to the right spreadsheet. I've got too many spreadsheets open. On to my number seven. And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. Yes, the most famous of the six. The Seuss's, Seuss's sinful six. Seuss is Sinful Six. Um, uh, this is the first book that he published. Or no, 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 sorry. First children's book he published. 
uh, Pocketbook of Boners was his first. Uh, but that's just a collection of anecdotes. This one is the first Dr. Seuss story. First uh, with illustrations and rhymes. And it's already it's already got the um, that meter uh, that he's he's famous for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I saved what what it's called, but he used this specific where it's these really long lines. It's a lot longer of a line than you normally see in English poetry. But yeah, he's already using that. The art is simpler than some of the ones he'll do later, but it's already really really good in that sort of um uh, almost like uh, what's the french comic book um i haven't read any of them oh uh, uh, but we have that uh, board game where they use the characters from it i think peter jackson made a movie um it's the kid and his dog on adventures you know that's what the art oh, reminds I'm me blanking. of uh tintin tintin it reminds me of the the tintin art simple colors and um uh, anyway, it was a great start to his career. Um, and uh, yeah, there's one, there is one Chinese character and uh, he painted his skin yellow. That was, that was probably a mistake. Should not have painted his skin. The only one to not have uh, uh, uncolored skin because the others are it's the same color as the paper that's printed on, which is white, of course. So uh, yeah, so that was a mistake. Still sad that they're not printing the book at all anymore. Seems like we could have could have fixed it in some way without uh, just stopping the book. So very sad, very sad. Because um, it's one of my favorites, my number seven. And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. Did read this one as a child. Yep. Very sad. All right, my number seven. I wish that I had duck feet. I wish. I wish I was a fish. This one's so great. It's a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what? which one of us hasn't thought at some point, man, I wish I had wings or, mm-hmm. you know, some other animal part. And uh, through it all, the kid thinks, oh, man, if I had duck feet, I could paddle around in ponds. And uh, no, if I had duck feet, then, you know, my mom wouldn't want me to walk around in the house with wet feet, you know. And so, okay, so I can't have duck feet. What if I had something else, you know? And and through it all, he goes through deer horns. I could carry all my stuff to school on those horns. Or what if I had a whale spout? I'd stay so cool. I could beat Big Bill Brown throughout the whole book. You've got this whole, I kind of yeah, get Big that Bill ideal. Big Bill Brown is a dummy. Get the, I'm not Big sure if he's dummy. the school bully or if he's his older brother uh, or what. <laughs> but Big Bill Brown, he's he does not like him. Um and then there's a, a girl that you see throughout it all, too, that he's, like, trying to impress her. And, uh, yeah, man, if I had a, a tiger tail, a long tail or something like that. Uh, and then you get towards close to the end. He's like, well, no, I, I shouldn't have any of those because there's downsides. If I had an elephant nose, then my dad would make me wash the car and the house and the windows. Okay, what if I had everything all at once? Wow, then I could go around and scaring everybody. Oh, but then they'd put me in the zoo. They'd be afraid yeah. of me. So maybe I'll just be glad that I'm me. And uh, it's, you know, it's a good moral lesson without being really preachy. That is one thing. Some of his books, they're a little preachy. It's fair. Uh, but I like this one because it just, it has a natural conclusion uh, 
and it's it's so fun. I wish that I had duck feet. My number seven. Yeah, I do like that one. I think the art, this is one he did not do the art for. I think it's in the lower, lower tier of No, I think it's in the higher artists. tier. I think it's uh, very good. Where is it? Uh, yeah, go look it up. It's not as bad as, um, so like, I think the worst uh, that somebody else, of somebody else doing the art for him is 10 apples up on top. Uh, nope, the worst is Hooray for Different New for Day. I don't remember that one. You might that be right. awful art. Okay. It's not, this isn't bad art, but it's not Dr. Seuss. It's not even like Quentin Blake, uh, Joe Matthew. No, but it's cheerful and Some good and people happy that did really and, good art for him. And it's it's, it's not, it's, it's good fine. art. It's, it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> but it's it's the weakest part, of I think, of this book. I guess. I think it's fair to say. So well, that one would be a little lower for me. All right. Like Don't 30s. let that put you off. All right. Number six. Uh, so uh, Mulberry Street, first book published. Uh, first Dr. Seuss book published like that we would consider Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. Second one. Um, the second one published. It is Dr. Seuss, but it's not poetry. Very long. Uh, it's not funny. Um... But some of his best art, wonderful characters. I kind of wish he had written more of these, but probably better that he he switched to his shorter, punchier, rhyming, fun ones. But the Five Hundred Hats of Bartholomew Cubbins. Wow, see, I didn't really care for that one. It could be partly because I read it as a child, but oh uh, man, I really like this fairy tale kind of story and the some of the art in this one. Like, do you remember the part where um, uh, it's got Bartholomew looking up to the castle up mm-hmm. on the hill? And then the, at the next part, it shows the king looking down on his kingdom. Yeah, reverse that. It's actually, it shows the king oh, okay, first. Okay. And it's like, a, it was a mighty view and it made the king feel mighty powerful. Okay. And then it shows Bartholomew looking back up yeah. uh, from his very small hut at the very edge of town. Uh, and it was a mighty view, and it made Bartholomew feel mighty puny or something like that. That makes sense, because then we follow Bartholomew yeah. at this point. Yeah. And But, oh, man, the art of, from that part, looking down from the mountain mm-hmm. is amazing. No, that was a good scene. The yeah. uh, Some of the just characters that pop in, the uh, uh, yeoman, the bowman. And I did like the headsman. Snips with his giant scissors. The headsman and was pretty good. The Grand Duke, the bratty little little kid. I hate the Grand Duke. <laughs> I that, know, exactly. Brat. <laughs> exactly. And the king uh, is, is great. And uh, uh, yeah, it's Bartholomew. He takes off his hat because that's polite to take off your hat when the king goes by. And there's another hat there and he takes that hat off and there's another hat. And he keeps taking the hats off. And um, Yeah, I don't know. It's it's simple. It really works for me. It is very long. I I don't know that I've I've sat there and read the whole thing. I'm gonna put the once. nostalgia pin on this one. Could be, could be. It's it's fine. Um, I don't know. I liked Bartholomew and the Ublek better. Oh, hard, hard <laughs> disagree. That one is so great, and it ramps no, up so no. well. Like. It's still uh, just a three and a half star for me, but 
uh, compared to the 500 hats, that one's 59 it starts out for with me. these little drops of oobleck coming down, and then yeah. it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger, and <sighs> his panic grows and just intensifies. And uh, it, yeah, it's wonderful. As the he races around. Is good. None of those fun characters that I mentioned. Oh, are in I, this I was one. loving the art in this one. There was so much to look at. It's still good. It's just not as good. Dr. Seuss never had any bad art, but it's not as good. And the story <laughs> is not as interesting. Well, you guys are just going to have to calibrate your tastes. It's still super and long. And see, by now, hopefully, you, you, you know. You still didn't like this one. You liked it better, but you didn't like it. I guarantee you this was not Three and a half stars. 30. That's I, That means I liked it. You don't think it was in like the bottom half of the Dr. Seuss books? Uh for you hang on i'll I check i can't imagine you'd like this I'll one because i know you don't like long my things all-knowing spreadsheet long children's stories <sighs> would we keep it would you want to keep it because this is a toss for me toss over to the library book sale but oh i put it at four stars actually wow yep upper tier okay well here you go I'll put it in your pile i guess we can keep it so we're also keeping the 500 hats. Oh, no, we don't own that one. Well, don't tell my mom we have her copy of it. Maybe well, we won't have to give I'm it back. I'm actually fine with not keeping Bartholomew and Ublek. 500 hats. We don't have to keep it. But Bartholomew Cubbins, goodbye, Ublek. And what is your... It's not a deal breaker for me. Number six. But by the way, yeah, so you'll know if you, which one of those you would prefer better. Because by now... You probably should know, but with whom you identify more. Maybe. Maybe so. But I guess you just never know. Sometimes people are different. All right, my number six. Sidwick the Big-Hearted Moose. I love this one. This is another one of those real surprise endings. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, you have the moose, and uh, there's a bug sitting on a rock. He's like, hey, can I ride on your horns for a while? I've got such a long way to go. And the moose is like, sure, a bug can ride on my horns. And then a, the bug invites a spider, and then they invite, invite along a bird. And that looks like, wait a second, I didn't invite you guys, but, well... I mean, I should be polite and not not just kick him out. Never mind that the bird is pulling out a bunch of his the hair on his head to build a nice little nest for himself. Uh, and then they start. I mean, it just again, th uh, Doctor Seuss was great at having this simple, plain story that just really escalates and, and grows bigger and bigger. And uh, eventually you've got all these different animals and a swarm of bees and uh, just crazy stuff going on. And then on top of that, hunters start shooting after Thidwick because they're like, man, look at those horns with all those creatures on them. And uh, there's this big chase and you wonder, how's he going to get out of this? And He's cornered, and what's he going to do? And then all of a sudden, he sheds his horns because, it you know, it's been winter, and now it's finally spring, and he, he sheds his old horns and grows new horns. And so the hunters stuff all of the critters that was <laughs> on his horns that wouldn't leave them after he begged them to. And he goes off and joins his herd of moose, moose friends, and lives happily ever after. And it, it was a real shocking ending. <laughs> and uh, I got to that part and I was like, 
I can't believe I just read that to my child. <laughs> the others are all right where they should be, stuffed on the wall or something like that. Um, but I love it. Oh, it's so good. And uh, it's, uh, it's a good, shocking uh, shocking ending for the kids, too. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I should be polite. I should, I should leave when I'm asked to leave. <laughs> so that's my number six. Thidwick the Big-Hearted Moose. Yeah, I think of Thidwick and the two Horton, Horton the Elephant stories as a trilogy. And I think this is easily the best of the three. Oh, absolutely. Very good. Thidwick is better than Horton. You heard it here first. My number five. Which Horton do you like better? Oh, let me check. I think the first one. I like Horton Hatches the Egg a whole lot uh, better. Agree. Horton yeah. Hatches the Egg is 33 for me, 42 for Horton Here's a Who. And yeah. By oh, the time yeah. you're getting to, yeah, by the time you're getting to 40s, it's books I'm not, not so fond of. So... I here's a like who um that one is that, that's one of the few no, dr like seuss it. books here's that i had heard of sure. um before i actually read it yeah. and uh man that book is so annoyingly preachy oh mm. man it's all about a person's a person no matter how small we should listen to them and yes yes we get it uh, mm -hmm. i don't know it, it's a good good <laughs> message good message Nobody likes to be preached to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Uh, the power of art is not didactic, as one of my former pastors would say. Very eloquent. Think on that. <laughs> yes. Um, five for me. First crossover. We didn't do guesses for crossovers. Oh, yeah. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me see. I'm guessing two at this point. We know there's one. I think there will be one more. I'm going to say at least three. Uh, no. Possibly four. <laughs> We'd have, mm, well, maybe maybe you already know of some crossovers from, from ones that have been on my list, but I don't think there's going to be four. I'll say two. You say four. We'll see. Five for me. Do you know what it is? Uh, one of them that I already said. Uh, Mr. Brown? Scrambled eggs Whoa. super with an exclamation mark. In fact, he really liked those exclamation marks. Great day for up as an exclamation mark. How the Grinch stole Christmas exclamation mark. Happy birthday to you exclamation mark. And scrambled egg super exclamation mark. Mr. Brown can move. That's true exclamation mark. All uh, the places you'll go. <laughs> Hooper Humperdink, not him. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's there's a book. My number eleven has two exclamation marks. Well, the things you can think. That's right. Um, yeah, scrambled egg super. Fly a jet. I don't think I have anything else. Maybe should be a vet <laughs> because a little bug bug went kachoo. I think that's my number five. There's maybe, a locket in my pocket. Maybe you should do your number five. I can like thirty tigers today. Ten apples up on top. I think we should do a top 10 um, exclamation mark. Uh, I'll, I'll do my number five. We just Here did. we go. My number five is our second crossover. And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love this one. It's yeah. again, I re this, this formula really works for me. Start small, uh, start with something totally relatable by the end of the story. 
it's blown way out of proportion. It's a little boy thinking, what am I going to say about my day? It was so boring. I saw a man on a horse-drawn wagon, and that's it. Uh, Well, what if I changed a horse to a zebra? Ooh, that's fun. What if I changed a man to a charioteer? And then it, it just continually evolves until you've got an elephant and two giraffes pulling a big brass band. And, uh, I mean, there's all this other surrounding stuff. And a Chinese boy eating with sticks. Uh, but also a big magician doing tricks. Uh, so, uh, and then it's, he, he runs up, up the stairs into his house. And he's so excited to tell his dad. And dad says, oh, just pull up a stool and tell me what you saw on the way home from school. And at the end, he decides to just tell the truth. Nothing but a plain horse and wagon on Mulberry Street. And it's such a, such a good winding down from all the excitement. This was, this was one of the first that I ever read. But, oh man, it's, this, this one's an evergreen for me. Everybody should get this. I'm very sad that it stopped being printed. Yeah. My number five, and to think that I saw on Mulberry Street, crossover to number two. All right. And before we move on, uh, Horton, past judgment on Horton, are we keeping his two books? Uh, no. Either. I could keep, I could keep Horton Hatches the Egg. That one's cute. I think so. Yeah. The little elephant bird at the end is so cute. I love it. That's pretty cute. All right, number five, no, number four for me, and it's the third on my list from Seuss's Sinful Six, third and last, On Beyond Zebra. Uh, so many fun Seussian rhymes, fun made-up words and creatures. The The story of this one is the, the, uh, the one child is telling the other about all of these uh, letters in this second alphabet, or I guess in this extension of the alphabet, on beyond Z, and so he he tells him about uh, the letter Wum, which is you can't spell not Wumbo. That's SpongeBob. What does he spell with Wum? Wum Wumbus, or I think something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so then and the Wumbus is uh, a whale that sits on the mountains and spouts, and you know, of course it's in his rhyme, and and so. Uh, Maybe we should have been reading like our favorite line from each yeah. of these instead yeah. oh, of. Uh, hang on, oh, I'll find the book for you. Yeah, except it's not. I don't see it in here. So it's in here. Wait a second. There's a pile of bo- books behind um, the computer. By the way, what are you doing? Here with the, you go. With all these. Um, I thought I was making them very accessible. Yeah, books that are on your list, maybe. Uh, shh. Nope. The Grinch Stole Christmas. I guess that could be on your list. Uh, Honestly, I was just trying to put all the biggest ones in a stack, and then I realized I there's a lot of really big ones, so I separated it into two stacks. Two stacks. There's Thedwick. I was looking for that one. Pull that one out. Okay. Um. Okay, on Beyond Zebra. Let me just pull up my favorite one real quick. Yeah, that'll so make good radio. You've pages got turning. his letter jog, which you use for spelling jogoons. Here, I'll read the last bit of Thedwick the Big-Hearted Moose. His old horns today are where you knew they would be. His guests are still on them, all stuffed as they should be. And it's uh, them mounted like a trophy with 
you know, a gun underneath and this man with a mustache preening beside them, proud at the trophy that he bagged. It's so great. All right. Uh, this, this is one of my favorites from On Beyond Zebra, and it also is an example of uh, those Susian rhymes I was talking about. I ramble, I scramble through swamp and through swamp, where the letters get better, like letters like humph. There's a real handy letter. What's handy about it? You just can't spell humph, humph, a dumpfer without it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> so that one is also fun. Also, Seuss is sinful six. Um, so, unfortunate. That's my number four, though. Melissa. Yes, I have uh, nine four and a half star books. Uh, and that was one of them. Okay. I did not rate on any of Zebra. these on, on Goodreads or uh, oh, I, I guess give oh. them star ratings, just rank them. Okay. Well, I did star ratings because that's how I do. Um, okay. And maybe I will go rank them on uh, on Goodreads Okay. Uh, when I take time because I've got a million other things to do. But yes, on Beyond Zebra, get that one. All right. So my number four is Oh, The Places You'll Go. Uh, boy, what a, a great one. creative book. And it's it's yep. so encouraging uh, about go chase your dreams. It's surprisingly deep advice uh, mm. for a child, but presented in such a fun way. Uh, and it's beautiful art. Oh, and it, it just, it really sparks the imagination. We need to get this one. That's it's one that uh, yeah. I was looking yeah. through and was so disappointed when I saw we hadn't didn't have it. So uh, next time that we buy books for the girls, let's get this. Yeah, this one is my number thirteen. Um, I really thought this would be on your list. I wanted the I wanted a little bit more from the illustrations. They're a little sparse, which is probably what he was going for for this. It's a, maybe a slightly more grown up than some of his other books. This is like the uh, the stereotype for this one is you give this to your your kid when they graduate high school. Yeah. And so uh, maybe, maybe that's kind of what he was going for. But by the I, way, I do like that one quite a lot. This one's a lot better than Oh, the Things You Can Think. Um, that one's just kind of meh. It's fine. I think I gave it three or three and a half. Oh, the things you can think. Yeah, 25 for me. Yeah. It was fine. But all the places you'll go, we're going to get it. Yes. My number four. Yes. That is a good one. That could have been on my list. Number three is Theodore Geisel's personal favorite. A little fun trivia for you. And I agree, it is one of his best. Is it preachy? In a good way, I'll say. Not in a bad way for this one. The Lorax. It's definitely... You ranted about this book so much to me. When? Like all of our married lives about, I, oh man, I don't the remember Lorax. ever talking to you about this. Reading, oh yeah. You were like, I grew up reading the Lorax. Oh, the Lorax. Hug a tree, save the trees. And uh, it was that, that guy's so grumpy whenever I've read about him growing up. The Lorax. Oh man, hmm. I hated that, that character. And I, okay. yeah, we should save the planet, but man, what a, what a boring book, The Lorex. Hmm. Okay. So I did not well, expect this. Maybe I didn't like it when I was a kid. I, I don't remember having those conversations. I probably said it one Multiple, time. Nope. And you, it really uh, stuck no. out to you. Multiple times we had okay. this conversation. <laughs> okay. 
Um, well, it's a really good book. Yeah. Really good art. Very, again, uh, very evocative, but uh, uh, sad because you've got this uh, this uh, uh, very dark and mm-hmm. uh, washed out nighttime place and then it flashes back and used to be a, a typical bright sunny colorful Susian landscape mm-hmm. and then uh yeah didn't uh didn't use their natural resources very wisely mm-hmm. and uh so kind of kind of ruined their town and so i think it's a good uh a good message and uh yeah i guess i didn't like it when i was a kid apparently but i did like it Reading it to the girls, um, where, oh, it's in our, oh, I, I have it it's written down. It's in your parents's. Yeah, I, I know where it is, um, but I'm going to pull up the opening line, um, because it's one of, if we ever do, uh, opening lines. And we will. Top ten opening lines. Um, this one is a contender, because here's the first page. At the far end of town, where the grickle grass grows, and the wind smells slow and sour when it blows, and no birds ever sing excepting old crows, is the street of the lifted Lorax. Yes. Yeah, so I just read this one yesterday. I thought I had just two books left, and then I came across the Lorax. I was mm. like, oh, I'll read this. Um, and I read that first sentence and paused and went back and reread it two more times because it was just so good and then i i got through the whole story and i was like why has brian not liked this story this is a good one and it's yeah. i mean yeah the, the the lorax is grumpy but can you blame him i mean horrible things are happening to this bright sunny place and uh <laughs> and and it is a good message but with that it's it's like the butter battle uh where it's it's a good message of don't don't be escalating things, uh, issues, uh, but without being overly preachy. And uh, yeah, I think we could get this book. Yeah, yeah, we should get this one. I'm, I'm just getting, I'm reading all of these great opening lines. I've, <laughs> I have a spreadsheet of opening lines too. I've got, oh, I've got uh, ninety nine. Whoa! Wonderful. No, ninety eight. Whoa! 97. 97. Oh. Wonderful opening lines. Oh, botheration. They're going to go. I should have been keeping track. They're going to go onto a website. I've been planning to get it together and, well, we'll see when I have time. But a, a opening lines from book. Oh, that, that's pretty oh, much Oh, that'll it. be great. Yeah. Oh, the whole website. Uh, so, yes. Uh, number three for me, the Lorax. What's your number three? All right. My number three is our third crossover, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, okay. Oh, this one's so great. The Grinch slinking, then he slunk to the icebox. I love that. Uh, This is one of the best ones for, and I'm frantically trying to find it here. Uh, Where is that book? Uh, There it is. Uh, It's all done in red, green, and white. And, of course, some black for, uh, for shadowed effect and stuff. But you've got the Grinch uh, just being this nasty, creepy character. And then I love the part where uh, the little tot wakes up and she's like, Santa Claus, why are you doing this? 
He's like, why, there's a light on this tree that won't light on my side, on one side. So I'm taking it home to my workshop, my dear. I'll fix it up there, then I'll bring it back here. And, uh, and it has, you know, he pats her head and got, got her a drink and sent her off to bed. And it shows him leaning over with a, uh, tender smile on his face and waving night night to her. And she's cheerily waving night night to him as she trundles off to bed. And, uh, and then he's back to, uh, doing these awful things and taking the log for their fire. The one speck of food that he left in the house was a crumb that was even too small for a mouse. And wonderful rhymes. And, uh, again, a good message that it's not a, not about the, the, the ribbons, boxes, ribbons, and, boxes bags. and bags, tinsels and tags and stuff, uh, which, uh, I do think it's funny. I took a picture one time in Hobby Lobby, uh, of a picture of the Grinch and it had a quote from the book. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And then surrounded by all this paraphernalia of Christmas stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and oh, the irony. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a really good story. And uh, I, I've never gotten tired of it. That is a great book. My number three, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Glad it's on your list. Three crossovers. Yeah. Oh, well, we have one more. My number two. If if one of these is not on your top ten, I'm going to cry foul. Mm. Well, I'm... Especially my number two. Well, I'm pretty sure your number two is not my number two. Because this one definitely has a measure of nostalgia. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Yep, that's nostalgia. Was for a long time my favorite Dr. Seuss book. It's a book. fine book, but uh, top ten? Still no. my second favorite. Yep, uh, large parts of this one memorized also. This one is like, this one doesn't have um, a story, a through story like some of his others. Instead, it's like these, almost like dr little dreams. These, um, these short vignettes where the characters... Uh, you know, come across these different strange creatures. I mean, it starts off with just one fish, two fish. Well, actually, it does not start off one fish, two fish. That's a, a common misconception. It starts off... Uh, Red fish, blue fish, black fish. No. Stop. <laughs> Don't embarrass yourself for the entire world <laughs> in front of the entire world. Oh, you are going <laughs> It starts there, aren't with... You? Uh, uh, you can't even quote well, it yourself, you fool. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure I get it right before oh, I embarrass I myself <laughs> in front of the whole world. Uh, Where is that book? Here we go. From near to far, from here to there, funny things are everywhere. Something along those lines. No, it does not. One fish, two fish. All right. Uh, look back at the page. From there to here, from here to there, funny things are everywhere. But you were still yeah. wrong. You couldn't quote it. Yeah. In I your like face. How did you miss that when you were opening up and, ah, you fool, <laughs> you looked right at it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's very small and on a plain blank page off in All the corner. Itself. And then on the opposite page, you have bright, big, colorful, yeah. red fish, blue fish, one fish, two fish, etc. Yeah, it starts off with, you know, uh, the fat one has a yellow hat, one fish, two fish, all the different fish. And then very quickly, it's these random other characters and then it gets to these children and you see them 
you know, they're they're pedaling up the hill with their mic that pushes their bike when the hills get high and uh, brush, brush, comb, comb. All girls who like to brush and comb should have a pet like this at home and you know, all sorts of just, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I really like it. Well, I will say, having having hated on you for putting it on your top ten, uh, there are some some rhymes in there that I quote all the time to the girls. Yep. Uh, on a rainy days, you never yet saw a pet. I bet as wet as they let this wet pet get. Yep. Yep. That or, one, the hairbrush one, I said, um, or Smothers. Uh, look what we found in the park in the dark. We'll we will take, take him, him home. home. We will name him Clark. Clark. Yeah. Will our mother like this? We do not know. <laughs> we do not know. Yes. Yep. So those are my two favorites. Those, Why those do are good. I like to hop, hop, hop? I do not know. Go ask your pop. Oh, yeah. Hop, hop, hop. I am a yop. I like the He likes the to wink and How drink like pink ink. That one's good. By the yeah. light of the moon, by the light of a star, they walked all night from near to far. I would never walk. I would take a car. So, yeah, it's... Again, your ear can hear, my dear. Yeah. Is another... Uh, oh, another one that we do is, this is no good. This is not right. My yes. feet stick out of bed all night. And when I pull them in, oh dear, my feet, my head sticks out of bed up here. And then the end is, and now, good night. It is time to sleep. So we will sleep with our pet, Zeep. And they're snuggled up with this big, cuddly cat. Today is gone. Today was fun. Tomorrow is another one. Every day from here to there. Funny things are everywhere. All right. And you know, that's how I, that's okay. kind of my life motto. I'll give it to you. Thank you. It's not a top 10 for me, but I can see how it would be a top 10. My parents got this for me for my college graduation. <laughs> so. I do remember that. And I was like, yep. what am I marrying into? <laughs> yep. It was too late at that point. So well, no, it wasn't too late. We it hadn't was. tied the knot yet. It was too late. It was too late. You were already <laughs> planning the wedding. <laughs> Number two, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Right, my number two is the one. This one has a little star. This one has a little car. Say, what a lot of funny fish there are. What's your number two? (laughs) One of these days, maybe we can set up a video camera and just have like little excerpts of Brian's eyes shining. Sounds like a lot of work. And you'd also have to turn on the lights in this oh, room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> not. Podcast. Well, we you... podcast in the pitch dark, <laughs> if you want to imagine. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> but we do like dim lighting. And when you say men we. Men love darkness. You always like to turn off the lights. It's nighttime. Podcast. Dim lights. I don't want it bright as day at nighttime. Especially ever since you switched out the lights in here, yeah. got rid of our nice mellow yellow lights and put in well, harsh, glaring, as bright as white old, as, mm-hmm. as you could get them, ultra fluorescent white well, lights. That's because it's also my office. Yes. So yes. soon the bedroom and the office in our new house shall split. There are no cats in America. That's right. The streets are paved with cheese. All right. So my number two. Is the one that I think will be our last crossover. I okay. had trouble in getting to Sala Salute, and I want okay. to get this book. Okay. Uh, this this one's so great. Again, starts off. Uh, I stubbed my toe, and then uh, while I was trying to not stub my toe again, something 
some creature attacked me, and so I was keeping an eye out for it in front, and then a creature attacked me from behind, and oh man, trouble's everywhere, and a fellow came by, he's like, you should go to Sala Salu, they never have any troubles there, at least very few, and uh, he's like, okay, so then he uh, tries to get there, and of course he has so many problems, there's a flash flood, and the bus breaks down, he's got to walk, and uh, then he gets shanghaied by these people and sent to go fight these creatures, and uh, they all abandon him when it turns out there's a whole bunch of them, and then he falls down a pipe and gets stuck wandering around in the dark, but finally he gets to Sala Salu, and he's, oh, it's so beautiful there. He's approaching the city walls, and he sees uh, the gatekeeper outside, and he's like, Welcome to Sala Salu, where we never have troubles, at least very few. In fact, we only have one. And there's this uh, little creature inside the lock that keeps on slapping away the key whenever you try to put the key in the lock to open the door. And it's really bad bad luck to kill this kind of creature. Uh, and, of course, the garbage hasn't been able to be, be taken out of the city, so it's starting to stink and it's... It's actually, Sala Salute has become kind of a, a nasty place to live. So I'm off to this other place where they never have any troubles at all. Uh, come along with me. And I started to go with him. And then I decided, no, I'm going back home. And I may have troubles, but now I've got a bat or a, or a big stick or something. And yeah, now my troubles, gonna troubles yeah. are going to have trouble with me. And it's, a, a, again, a great message with yeah. so many fun adventures along the way. Yep. Terrific rhymes. Uh, and it's not preachy. Great art, too. My number two. I had trouble in getting to Sala Salu. Okay. My number one. I think it's going to be a crossover. I think it's going to be a number one crossover. I think. When was the last time we had a number one crossover? Uh, on, uh, well, the one that, the most famous one is on the Greatest Songs. That one is famous. We've famous. Had a, uh, uh, pets. Pets. Dolphins. Famously. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We've had, it's happened from time to time. Yeah, I'll, ha- I'll, I'll go back and look maybe in a little bit and see when the last time it happened was. But I think it's going to happen tonight because my number one... Predicting also your number one, because I know you'd like this one. If I ran the circus. Wow. High five Every it. now and then Ooh. you do know your wife. Susie and Rhymes. I am a little disappointed you didn't have trouble in getting to Sala Salute. But if I, ran the circus if I ran the circus, let's give it its time. So Susie and Rhymes. Fantastic oh, creatures. Excellent writing. Yes. The sly humor is, is something I that is not always in his books, but... Like, probably if you're a kid, it's going over your head that this guy, Sneelock, <laughs> is just being roped into all these crazy situations that no way he's going to volunteer for this mm-hmm. in real life. It starts out, I'm going to build a, a circus in right. uh, in the the big vacant lot behind Sneelock's store. I'm sure he won't mind. And and maybe he could blow up balloons for me and, and sell and, and pour the pink lemonade 
Uh, yeah, he, right. I'm sure he won't mind. He'll do all these, and then he's going to do all these death-defying feats. <laughs> I know. And, uh, you know, he's my friend. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's just obviously for the setting of a circus, you can have anything. <laughs> and the more insane and extravagant yes. and, and off the wall, the yeah. better. So he really, oh, really goes all for mm-hmm. it. I think this is his best. Oh, yeah. And, I mean... It, the the rhymes, for example, uh, on stage number two here, something quite new. From a f- country called From comes this drum-tummied snum. Who can drum any tune that you might care to hum? Doesn't hurt him a bit because his drum-tummy's numb. <laughs> or uh, you'll meet the foon who eats sizzling hot pebbles that fall off the moon. The reason he likes them red hot, it, it appears, is he greatly enjoys blowing smoke from his ears. Of course, pebbles like this are quite hard to collect. But Sneelock will manage somehow, I expect. <laughs> and let's see, one of my favorites is a couple pages before that. Uh, the whole book is favorites for the me. The whole book. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but I really like... Oh, maybe it's maybe it's afterward. Um, oh, yeah. I guess it is later because it's, uh, uh, it's, it's in the parade of all parades. You'll see Drum Major Sneelock fling-flang his baton and my organ, Mick Organ, Mick Gurkis, come on. Because his name is um, Morris McGurk, and he's going to call this the Circus McGurkus. That's right. You'll see Drum Major Sneelock fling flang his baton, and my organ, my organ, McOrgan, McGurkus come on with its hot steaming pipes of gold brass plated tin, snorting all sorts of snorts in a bumbling din. That is super stupendous, stupendous, stuorous. And when I play Dixie, please join in the chorus. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. This one, uh, still available, still being published. I'm happy to say you can go pick up Dr. Seuss's best story, If I Ran the Circus. Anything else you want to say about it? No, except it just really makes you want to go to the circus. And I mean, there's art uh, in here that's just amazing. You've got, uh, at one point, he's showing pictures of all these different things that are going on all at once. And... Uh, every time you get there, like you j- look at your child as you're reading to them, and you'll just see their eyes trying to drink in all that's going on in this picture, and they just possibly, they just can't possibly do it because there's so much to comprehend, and uh, it's, but it's not overwhelming to the eye either, like some. Some things are, say, like a like a Where's Waldo book, where it's like, whoa, there's a lot of detail on this page. So, yeah, if I ran the circus, if nothing else, you should get this book. Yes. All right. Let me hit my my next few, and we can address a few things. Uh, my 11, maybe you should fly a jet, maybe you should be a vet. Another one not illustrated by him, and for some reason... This one, the illustrations in this one, I just really love. Like, look at this illustration of a mountain town and a desert, right next to a desert. And, like, the mountain is um, impossibly steep, and there's cranes pulling up cars to the top. (laughs) And um, so this is the book where he just lists a bunch of occupations and says, maybe you should be this when you grow up. Um, you know, maybe you should be a, a tennis player. So maybe you should be a, a spy. Maybe you should be a, a sculptor. 
and I don't know the the illustrations really make me think of I guess like the 1970s maybe so I, I don't know they just feel I don't, I don't really know how to explain you'll have to go look it up um they feel dated sort of but not in a bad way yeah but in kind of a a nostalgic way um i don't, I don't know exactly how to explain it but i really like that one mm-hmm. uh that one really grew on me uh and i like it because uh it's such a simple repetitive you could be this or you could be that and you would think that would be so boring after a little while after the first four but instead it's ju- it just blows your kid's brain of wow there's so many things i could do i could be anything whoa yep yep uh and i'll go quicker for my other ones uh 12 fox and socks tongue twisters and uh and some fun art uh, well, the places you'll go is 13, 14, I had trouble in getting to Salisloo. Again, these next 10 could... They're all good ones. Could be on my top 10 list. I do really like Salisloo. Um, uh, Dr. Seuss's Sleep Oh, book. we're keeping that one. That one's great. Another great journey. Yeah. Go see all the, all the creatures falling asleep. Um, yeah, I, maybe the, another, I don't know, we haven't specifically touched on it, but the adventurous nature of these mm-hmm. books of going to see all these oh yeah new places and and strange new things oh they're so imaginative yeah. so great for your child's brain i really like they're good for my brain yeah uh, i know 15 no 16 if i ran the zoo that is also seuss's sinful not six. as good it's not as good as if as as if i ran the circus still good though if you can find it uh 17 dr seuss's abc very simple, but my favorite ABC book. It's fun. By far. So silly. Uh uh 18, did I ever tell you how lucky you are? Another silly journey kind of kind of book. Uh, 19, Mr. Brown can moo. Number 20, Hooper Humperdink. Not <laughs> him, which I liked way more than I expected. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. So Alright, let me do my honorable mentions. Okay. These are all the four and a half stars. Okay. What pet should I get? Oh, this oh, one's so great. No. Oh, would that have made your top ten? It's uh it's right here. This is my third least favorite. Oh, I really like this of one. Of all of them. Wow. So go ahead and tell uh, if is there anything you want to say about it, go ahead and then I'll tell you what I don't like about it. Well, it's very simple. It's not yeah. it it doesn't have all of the Susine rhymes. Right. Or the imaginative, um, for the most part, it doesn't have the imaginative stretches of uh, these different creatures and stuff. But it's just fun. It's like uh, this boy and his sister, they go to the store. Dad said they could get a, a pet. And they're like, yeah, we're going to get we're gonna get a dog. And then, but my sister said, I want to I get a cat. And then the more wow. that they look around the pet, the pet store, they're like, oh, what if we got that instead? What if we got that? And what if we got a fish. And, yeah. What a fish? Yeah. Get out of here. Or birds and and uh, then, yeah, then finally it's like crazy. oh we got we gotta get just one. What do we choose? And then uh, I'll do it right now. I'll do it. I said I'll make up the mind that is up in my head. The dog or the rabbit, the fish or the cat. I picked out. I picked one out fast. And then that was that. And they you see them walking away with a basket and something's. 
some eyes are peeping out of the basket, but you can't see what's in there. Mm-hmm. And like each time the girls are like, but what's in the basket? Oh, yeah. mom. And uh, it's fun just for them to imagine. And uh, it's, I don't say that to me because I don't too. read it to them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've felt that way, too, as we've been trying to decide what what our next pet's going to be. So this is, I think, the second to last Dr. Seuss book that's been published. It's published posthumously. Um, it was like a draft in a drawer somewhere. Um, it seems like it was a first draft kind of idea for one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, actually. Because it's got those same kind of two children, it seems like, and they're you know looking at the different animals. They do kind of do that in one fish, two fish. And so it seems like he shelved this idea and then went with the other story, which obviously I, I prefer. Um, so yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't think they should have published it. Okay. Should well, have, should have uh, respected the man's wishes. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Horton it's his, uh, are you familiar with Ghosts at a Watchman? It's the uh, Harper Lee. She wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I don't know if it's controversial or not, but it seems like she was kind of tricked by her publisher or at least taken advantage of mm. in her, her old age by a publisher to uh, print this other book, which turns out was probably like an early version of To Kill a Mockingbird. Aww. And so, yeah, kind of, uh, by, I haven't read it, but by all accounts, not very, uh, not a very good book and... So the publisher just a money made grab. all the money out of, uh, yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's that kind of thing. It's Seuss's Ghost Out of Watchmen. All right. So what pet should I get? Horton hatches the egg. Yeah. What was I scared of? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, this is this is my fourth least favorite. <sighs> Come on, man. I really hate this one. It's this guy. He's, he's walking around and then he sees some ghostly empty pants. And they're like everywhere he goes, he sees these pants, and and they just scare him so much. And then at the end, he realizes, oh, those those pants are as scared of me as I was of them. And so then he sits down and makes friends with the pants, and uh, it's just fun. No, it's a good it's a good ghost story for the kids, without it. There being actually being anything <laughs> scary about it. Yeah. And it's got good rhymes, too. Let's see. Let me no. find it. No. Okay, so this one I'll disagree on. Good rhymes. Here it's we go. It's not in his, I looked it up, Anape- Anapestic Tetrameter is the meter that he wrote in, that common, that one, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, that one. He doesn't do that in this book, and it's it's one of his worst. Here we go. I had to do an errand, had to pick a peck of snide in a dark and gloomy snide field that was almost nine miles wide. I said, I do not fear those pants with nobody inside them. I said and said and said those words. I said them, but I lied them. Then I reached inside a snide bush, and the next thing that I knew, I felt my hand touch someone. And I'll bet that you know who. Oh man, you can have so much fun with this one. Not his worst, but it's pretty close. All right. Uh, I guess we have to keep that one. We have that one twice. We have it in. Yeah, we can keep just one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Dr. Seuss's sleep book. See, we agree on some things. Yep. It was great. On Beyond Zebra, like yep. that. 
The Glunk That Got Thunk. I was surprised that one was good. That was a short story. Uh, did I ever tell you how lucky you are? That one was mm-hmm. good. Glunk. Wacky Wednesday. Not great. And uh, come over to my house. I actually don't remember this one, so I might take it off. But I have it on my checklist. My spreadsheet has a four and a half. Wacky Wednesday, middle of the road. Come over to my house. Oh, yeah, that's the one where it's showing children all around the world. And yeah, I thought it was Some children good. live in a houseboat. Some children yeah. live in a... Good uh, introduction to the world for the kids. Igloo. I don't know. I don't think people actually live in igloos. No. Anyway. Might live in a snow house. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh, this this is a really long episode. We need yeah. to wind it up. Well, we need to, but we also need to address, I feel like, uh, neither of us had the cat in the hat. Neither of us had green eggs and ham. Neither of us had... Um, what are his other big ones? Green eggs and ham. Yeah. Yeah, I said that one. Um, Maybe those are his two... <laughs> That shows I wasn't listening. <laughs> Maybe those are his two really popular ones. Uh, I like both of them. They're just not quite. Uh, yeah. Top ten or top twenty. Yeah. But both good. Hop on pop. Very good for uh, like an early reader. That one's yeah. Um, we'll have to go through these and figure out which ones we're gonna keep and which ones we're gonna gonna discard. But uh, yeah, ten apples up on top is also a. F- I really like the. The silly, simple story, but the art is brutally bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it at first, and then it, the the rhyming grew on me. Yeah. But that art. <sighs> yeah, I... It was, it was Amber's favorite for so long. Yeah, like, it's readable. Um, It doesn't bother me to read it, but, man, if he had done the art for that one, that could have been a... Mm-hmm. That could have been a classic. Um, Yeah. All right, well, why don't we get to the... The wrap up and uh, the haters. Uh, yeah. Um, the haters. The no. ones we're gonna hate on. I was gonna do feedback. Oh, I don't think we've gotten any feedback. No haters, hating in the feedback. So that's nice. Um, so, but send us your feedback. You, you can hate us if you like. I guess. Uh, tto.cozer.us slash one four two. You can leave a comment on our website. I'm paying. For that comment feature on our website so you might as well use it so i can get my money's worth uh, you can also email you are guilting people you would not, you have never stooped this low before email you've never stooped to my level i also pay for my email <laughs> i pay for a proton email a company in switzerland so they don't read my email Ooh. unlike google yahoo microsoft Etc. So, um, so I'm paying for that too. So you might as well send me some email tto at coaster.us. Um, let us know what your favorite Dr. Seuss books are. Uh, feel free to weigh in on the on Seuss's Sinful Six. Um, yeah, uh, I guess tell us which. Uh, what, what was the one we were disagreeing on? Um, I don't even remember. Whichever one we you liked one, and I liked one. Let us know which of those you prefer to. So, uh, I think that does it. Uh, anything else you want to? Any, any it wasn't final one of the thoughts? Hortons, right? No, it was. I a, don't know. Yeah. Final. No, no. I think I think we're good. Final. Uh, Wrap it up, sir. Yeah, I think uh, I think that'll be it. Hooper Humperdinck was just three stars. It's fine. I nah. liked it, and I like the art. 
Anyway, I'm Brian Kozer. I'm Melissa Kozer. You've been listening to 10 to 1. You've been listening to 10 to 1. Got chills. Yeah. That, that finale. A little extra there at the end. Yeah. Makes you want to go listen to it. It's beautiful. Makes you want to listen to this Brings podcast. A tear. I bet. So what's your least favorite? Oh, my least favorite. Dr. Here we go. Seuss. The Zacks I have is two stars. Sounds that it's for me. unremarkable. Yep. But worst of all, I'd say is the foot book. Uh now, hooray for different do for day is pretty bad, but the foot book is the worst because it's just so boring. Um, yeah, that one's pretty low for me. That one's in my bottom ten. Uh, the Zacks, yeah. Um, uh, look, we have left foot, left foot, left foot, right feet in the morning, feet at night. Yeah, wet foot, dry foot, great. high foot, low foot. I don't know. There's a bunch. It's of- looking better as um, yeah, doing the the rhythm, but yeah, yeah. Oh, we can get rid of that one. Um. The Bipolo Seed yeah. uh, is pretty low for me. That's another uh, Lost Stories from Dr. Seuss. And uh, some of them are fine. Some of them uh, were not as good. Uh, the Cat's Quizzer I put down here, but it's kind of unfair. It's not a story. It's just like little gotcha trivia questions. Um, I can read with my eyes shut. I don't think is great. No. The Strange Shirt Spot. Oh, that's a Bipolo Seed. Um, Gerald McBoing Boing. That's my that least favorite. I'm wor- I was working up to that one. I'm what sorry. was I scared of? And what pet should I get? Or three and four. Daisy Head Maisie. Boring and long. One. So long. So boring. This is my second least favorite. But Gerald McBoing Boing. I mean, is it preachy? Or is it just really boring <laughs> and pointless? Well, you can be both. Heard What's it preachy of- about? Children that uh, weird children should... Don't make fun of weird children. Because they might make a lot of money someday for you, or be popular, and boy, won't you look bad that you made fun of the popular kid back when he was awkward. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. If there's a moral lesson for that one. Okay, so there's the foot book. That one's pretty okay. awful. There's the eye book, just barely better. But then there's the yeah. tooth book, and that one's actually surprisingly good. Um. That one I gave four stars. That one's in the middle for me. I think I like the iBook better, though. Oh, no, I don't. Never I mind. fully expected it to be as underwhelming as Foot and Eye, but the art was great. And so was the story and rhyming. Mm-hmm. I like that it teaches kids about themselves as well as how to, and then that's all I can read of my notes because of this stupid spreadsheet. How well, to brush your teeth, go, maybe. Go click on it. I did click on it, and I can't scroll over. Look at the top. At the top. Top of the screen, does it show it? Mm-mm. At the bottom of the screen, it shows bottom it, but screen. still, I couldn't scroll any further. Okay, well. So, anyway. But, that one's actually good. You could get the tooth book. Yeah, I would rank them the same way, which is a shame because the iBook does have art by Joe Matthew, which might be my favorite artist. I did not like the, the art people. in that one. Um, it's not his best, but, like, so this is the guy that did... Uh, Cookie Monster in the Cookie Tree, and a bunch of good Sesame Street art. 
and some others. I like him a lot. Say something else so that we can end on something else. Instead of me bumping into the microphone, I thought that was a fine ending. Oh, instead of me just trailing off on about Joe Matthew. All right, I'm here with Lydia, and she's going to tell us what her favorite Dr. Seuss book is. Oh, say, can you say, this is why? Because his, th- there's one page, and it's, and it's telling you lots of people oh, that, are, are like, uh, it's the Fun Nettler b- brothers who, like, um, who, like, uh, stacking themselves on top of each other, and this is the two is the one person that is really funny to me. And Slinky and Stinky, and it's really funny. And it's really funny to me. Okay, it's Amber's turn now. Yeah, now Amber, you tell us what your favorite Dr. Seuss book is. My favorite Dr. Seuss is Fidwick the Big Moose. Fidwick the Big-Hearted Moose? Who's your favorite character? Fidwick. Whoa, and... Don't you have a Thidwick stuffed animal? Yes. That's pretty cool. Anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, also, guess what? We're going to move to a new house. That's true. Lydia, did you want to say one last thing before we go? Also, our stuffed animal, uh, uh, a Thidwick that body uh it has instead it's an orange body and then blue feet and and yellow horns instead that was penny all right say goodbye everybody bye bye this is lydia and amber saying goodbye bye